We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, folks, let's talk about defensive recruiting in the 2025 class. I'm going to start us out with what we know today. All right, so we're going to start with where player where Notre Dame is with several players that are already on the board. And we're going to talk about the main headlines that we need to discuss in this 2024 class, uh, 2025 class and the importance. Okay, here are the importance. And let's start out with the importance of where we were in the class and what Notre Dame needed to accomplish in the 2025 class. So I think these are the main headlines. And no, it's not moonshine in the jug. It is simply little lemon iced tea from Wawa. Diet iced tea, because you got to watch your figure. And hopefully, you know, maybe Wawa wants to sponsor the podcast. So we can get it on there. We can get it on there. But yes, little little lemon flavored iced tea in the jug. Thank you all for noticing and blowing up the chat with that fact. But it's delicious and I'm obsessed with iced tea. I know my kidney stones will probably hate me eventually for it, but regardless, we're, we're going to keep drinking iced tea. We're going to. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So I want to talk about what the defensive line group you needed in 2025 class because Notre Dame was coming off of a two-year period of defensive line recruiting, which was really interesting. I think when you go back to the 2023 class, and that was, of course, Bubakar Traore, that was Brennan Vernon, that was Devin Houston, that was Armel Mookum, that was all about tools, that class. That was all about tools. You had length, you had explosiveness, you had potential alignment versatility, and you had a couple guys that could conceivably move inside to the interior defensive line because all four of them were technically edge players when Notre Dame had signed them. Well, fast forward to just a year into their tenures with Notre Dame, you have now Armel Mukum is an inside player at 6'3", 280 pounds. Brandon Vernon is now apparently moving to the interior defensive line. He's grown apparently since he got on campus a little bit. He is now over six foot five. He's over 270 plus pounds now. So he is developing that kind of frame. He he might be end up being that Riley Mills-esque player where edge skill set that might fit better inside as, as long as his body keeps developing properly. So you now had a year a year out from the 2023 class. You have two in- interior players, you have two edge players. Bubakar Traore is still on the edge, obviously. And Brandon Vernon was, but now he's moving inside. So, you know, technically that actually became, and that's kind of funny with this stuff, guys, is that Notre Dame signed four defensive linemen that were technically edges coming out, technically. Now, Devin Houston was always a guy that was going to be pushed into in the interior defensive line long-term, and he ballooned very quickly. But now looking back at that class, you got one true edge and then three pretty much interior players at, at this point. I think Brandon Vernon can still play on the edge at 274 pounds, but he is making that transition. So you basically got, one interior defensive line out of the 2023 class, or one edge, true edge player in the 2023 class, and three interior players long term. It appears as long as Brendan Vernon, that track is continued with him transitioning inside full time, which is bizarre because I remember at the time we were like, man, I really would have liked if Notre Dame could have gotten a, another interior line uh, lineman in the 2023 class, you know, to pair with Devin Houston. But now it's become an interior defensive line heavy class because you got size you got length you got developmental upside and you got now those players transitioning into the inside more exclusively and then you fast forward to 2024 2024 you were edge heavy in that class you have actually all of the all the uh, yeah all the defensive linemen in 2024 are on campus now as early enrollees you have Bryce Young who is your true strong side defensive end you have Cole Mullins, who is 6'4", 239 pounds. He's going to play on the edge. You have, of course, Logan Thomas, who is a lightly built 6'3", 6'4", defensive end, Viper type, that is going to play on the edge. And you have Sean Sevillano, who is a true interior defensive lineman at 300, uh, I think it was listed at 339 pounds, I believe is, is what his recent measurements were. So he's a big boy. He's a big old boy. So you were edge heavy in 2024, which in retrospect should turn out really well combining with the 2023 class, because that class has developed into a much more interior defensive line heavy. The edge class in 2024 was much needed in, in, in moving forward. 
So I'm going to ask you all a leading question. It's a real leading question. But what has Notre Dame shown? And, you know, we can always poke holes in recruiting. Maybe they should have valued this guy more. Maybe they shouldn't value that guy as much. There's always going to be naysayers, and that's cool. I, I think we could always do that with every team, too. It's not just a Notre Dame-centric thing. You know, any school that you are a fan of, I think you can poke holes and like, oh, I wish they would have valued that guy a little bit more. I'm not sure if that guy should have been a take that early. I'm not sure if that guy should have been a take at all. I mean, those conversations always happen, right? But regardless, Notre Dame has clearly identified something on the in, on the defensive line in general, all-encompassing, that they really like. And I think that's continuing into the 2025 class. They want versatility up front, and they want body types that could develop into a couple different spots. That's what they're looking for. And so far, in 2025, Notre Dame has gotten that. They have a whole lot of versatility out of the defensive linemen that are committed in class. I would say the only one that doesn't have a ton of versatility as far as of alignment is Davion Dixon. Because he is a player that is going to exclusively be a nose tackle at the next level more than any. Unless he has a little bit of a growth spurt, right? Like he's just, he is a 6'2", sawed off, 305 pound nose tackle that is going to play in tight quarters and is just going to work tirelessly at the point of attack. And that player, not underrating that player, that role is very, very important for Notre Dame, for anyone. You need a nose that can eat up blocks. Keep the keep your linebackers behind them free and be able to maintain gap integrity and to make sure that you do not that, that the offense is not able to move the line of scrimmage in their advantage. You need to be able to have that. So they have Davion Dixon. But aside from that, they have a couple commits already that are very alignment versatile and have upside to playing multiple spots. The big headliner as of today is Christopher Burgess. Of course, out of Simeon in Chicago, Illinois. He's listed at six foot four, 245 pounds right around there. But he is a player that I could see, not really a Viper type, although he could play it in spurts, kind of like Isaiah Foskey did. But he has a he has a frame where he's an easy strong side defensive end, but he also could be a kid with the length he has and physicality that if he ended up being a 290-pound defensive lineman at some point. I would not be shocked at all about it. I would not be shocked even slightly about it. You also have Joseph Reef, who I talked about a little bit in the first section. Joseph is right now about six foot five and up to around 250 pounds. He, as of today, would be a strong side defensive end in Notre Dame system if he was on campus right now. That's where he would play. But Joseph Reef is a longer limbed, bigger framed guy, pretty broad shoulders, where Notre Dame is projecting him that, yes, big end early more than likely, but you could be a guy that grows into an interior defensive lineman long-term. That could be in the cards for you. Now, whether that happens or not, we'll wait and see. I'm not 100% sure how his body's going to develop. Nobody really knows. You know, Coach Lindo, and I believe that's how you pronounce it. I, I mispronounced it last last show or Matt Bayless before him, they have a great eye for development and great eye for projection. That's a part of the strength and conditioning coach's job is to be able to body type and understand how is a guy particularly going to develop? What's a good weight that we can play at? Is there growth still to be had? Those projections are part of that job. And I think that when you look at a Joseph Reef, 
I do think it's reasonable to think that he could put on a substantial amount of mass. And I think that he could have that Riley Mills trajectory. Regardless if he does or doesn't, though, right now, today, on February, is it February 5th? Yeah. As of February 5th, it is a projection. You don't know if that will happen for certain or not. So I think that I think that we need to look at him and say that he could be a strong side defensive end. He could be an interior defense lineman. But again, that's what Notre Dame wants of him. That's why they value him. That's why they wanted him in the class because he could potentially play a couple different spots and he could be an interior defensive lineman for them long-term. So that's one player. Another player outside of the two that I mentioned, Christopher Burgess and Joseph Reef, is right now you also have a commitment from Dominic Kulak, who is different than the other two. I talked about Christopher Burgess and Joseph Reef maybe being alignment versatile on the defensive line, but Dominic Kulak is versatile in a completely different sense. He's a he's versatile in a completely different sense because he is potentially going to be a part of a brand new position at Notre Dame called the money backer, which we can put a name on it all we want. It's basically a linebacker that can line up on the second level, but can also come down and play Viper in some you know different types of fronts. So versatility to be able to play on the ball, versatility to play off the ball. That is what Dominic Hulak brings to the game. And that is what Notre Dame wants in his game. Now, the final piece potentially to the puzzle, as I talked about in the first section, is Damian Shanklin. And in the next section of the podcast, I'll talk about where Notre Dame is with Damian Shanklin and what they need to do and what it would mean potentially for the class. We'll get into that into the third section of today's podcast. But he's also a player that I would say, for me, Damian Shanklin could give you a lot of versatility and alignment potential because he's a Viper by trade. He's 6'4", 6'5", 230 pounds right now, but he has the frame where, again, would it be shocking if someday down the line, Damian Shanklin is a 270-pound strong side defensive end with the frame he has? No. It Would it be shocking if he gets up to about 250, 255 and just stays there and plays Viper? No, it wouldn't be either. He's definitely a Viper for Notre Dame, especially early. And I would argue <laughs> with the frame he has, he could be 270-pound Viper, potentially. I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. That kid moves that well, and he's that switched up and flexible. But the possibility is still there. You still have the potential for him to play multiple roles in your defense. Could be a Viper. Could be a big end. It really depends on the upside and the developmental potential of a Damian Shanklin. And if you come back to it and you look at it and say, four, five of six guys that you might include in a defensive line class all have the ability to play multiple spots. That's dope, man. That's that's what you want. Because today's game, we need to ask ourselves where the game's going. That's the best thing about evaluation and projection. NFL scouts, specifically, and, and you all know I'm, I'm roots in the NFL draft sphere. I've said that a million times. It's not so much about can a player find the talents, right? There's a lot of people that can watch. Let, let me let me pick a random player in the twenty, you know, the twenty twenty four class. There's a lot of players that can look at. And I'm talking about the NFL draft sphere for a second. There's a lot of people that can look at Marvin Harrison Jr. And he's probably not even a great example. But there's a lot of people that can look at Marvin Harrison Jr., the wide receiver from Ohio State, and say, that guy's really good. 
You know, he's 6'4 and can run pretty well and is super explosive in and out of cuts and has a big catch radius and all those things. But that's not the that's not the number one aspect of a scout, right? The the baseline is what do they do on the field? How talented are they? Grading sale to determine how talented of an athlete they are. But that's not the full part of this valuation process, man. It's also about how can they fit in with our particular program, with our scheme? What development potential do they have? If they put on a certain amount of weight to their frame, will it, de- will it be a deterrent to their athleticism? Like all those things are part of the evaluation process. And that's what you're seeing on the defensive line. It is not simply Damian Shanklin is long and athletic. Man, he's, he's, he's good. No, duh. There's, there's nobody, anybody in the chat, even if you consider yourself a savant at scouting or you consider yourself, a, you know, illiterate with it, you can watch Damian Shanklin's film and be like, wow, that guy's pretty athletic. He's explosive. He's long. Sure. Anybody could do that, guys. That's not hard. It's not hard. But what's it look like projecting the Notre Dame system? If you're an Ohio State fan and, you know, you, you push for a guy like Damian Shanklin, what does it look like projecting to their system? What if you're a 3-4 team? What if you're a 4-3 team? That's the tough part of evaluation. That's evaluation versus valuation. It is a completely different conversation projecting the schemes. Completely different. So Notre Dame, I believe, because this widens your margin for error, is getting players that can do multiple things, that can project to multiple spots, that defensively can provide versatility. Right or wrong, Notre Dame is going after length and and versatility on the defensive line. I love it personally. I do. Because in today's game, this isn't just a Notre Dame thing. In today's game, this isn't a college-centric thing. This isn't a NFL-centric thing. This is a football-centric thing. The game is becoming so much more spread out and space-oriented that you want to work between four-man fronts and three-man fronts a ton. And you can't do that efficiently without guys that can line up in multiple spots, without guys that can do multiple things. That allows you to rotate, oh man, four man. And then the offense spreads out. Oh, we got to go to our three man. Well, we don't have to substitute for this anymore, right? We don't have to, you know, do mass substitutions and get caught in a bad position. We can just roll and our Viper maybe drops into coverage or drops out into space, plays a little bit of an overhang position. There's a lot of different ways that you can create. You can create versatility on the field, and as Al Golden and the defense moving forward, I think that you really like the possibility of doing a lot of different things. So that was what Notre Dame wants to do in defensive line recruiting, and I think that they are off to a obviously a great spot there up front on the defensive line. So now let's talk about Another aspect that I think Notre Dame is off to a great start with, and it was probably the most important position overall defensively in the 2025 class that Notre Dame really need to hit on. That was safety. You guys have known now, I've I've covered the 2023 class for Notre Dame, the 2024 class for Notre Dame. Now we're on the 2025. The safety recruiting has been a very mixed bag over the last two years. 2023, and I don't want to relive pain too much, but 2023, at one point, you had committed in the 2023 class Peyton Bowen, Brandon Hillman, Don Schuler, 
Ben Minnick. Now a year passed. Obviously, we know the Peyton Bowen drama and saga ends up at Oklahoma. We know the Brandon Hillman inability to, you know, get him into school and get him enrolled. Now at the University of Michigan, you had a two-man class in 2023 of Adon Schuler and Ben Minnick. Still a good duo, in my opinion. I like Adon a ton. I like Ben a ton. I think that they could both be very good safeties at Notre Dame. It could be starters for Notre Dame and be plus players for Notre Dame as well. I, like, I, I really am high on both those players in the future. But that, uh, uh, but Notre Dame wanted to take four in that class. They wanted two more. They wanted them. So you lost numbers there. You lost numbers. So then 2024 happens, and not only did you need numbers, you needed some impact players, and it was a just not a great process. It wasn't a good process. You got Bronte Johnson. That was easy, though. As long as Bronte wanted to put the work in and he made the grades, he was going to come Notre Dame. That's where he wanted to be. Cool. You got him, though, and he's a high upside player. I think that he is the one player on this roster in 2024 that, because I think Xavier Watts can do it. I mean, we've seen him play single high for Notre Dame and did some good things, obviously, in 2023, but he's much more a two high player. You know, rob short zones, roll down at times, roll to the middle of field. Xavier Watts is more a playmaker for the versatility he brings as a safety than a true center fielder type. Bronte is that true center fielder type. He's a guy that you can say, cover one, cover three. You got the middle of the field, make some plays. Make some plays from depth and make big ones. And I think that if Bronte is developed properly and he's able to stay healthy, I think he can make a big impact Notre Dame long-term. Now, short-term, I I, I wouldn't necessarily pencil in Bronte making a huge year one impact for Notre Dame. I just just don't see it. I just don't because he's a guy that's, 170, 180 pounds. He needs to add weight. He needs to get better technically. He was banged up during the course of his senior year as well. So getting him back to full health would be a a big thing for Bronte Johnson, obviously. So that, I think, would be a huge get for Notre Dame long-term. But the short-term, it still doesn't quite help the safety depth. And then you got two players, Hebron Benny Powell, to go along with him out of the state of Ohio. You also obviously got Kennedy Erlacher, the son of Brian Erlacher out of Chandler, Arizona. I've talked about both players on this podcast. I was very happy to see the progress that Tabron Benny Powell made as a senior, but he's still a little bit of projection as far as like how much is he going to help you, Notre Dame, especially early on. I believe that, and yeah, and Brandon, you're absolutely right. You know, Tabron, I mean, um, Bronte was not an early enrollee, so he's not even on campus to learn the defensive system right now. I think that Tabron might end up surprising some folks. I think that he might end up being a good player at Notre Dame, but there's still some projection there. And then I think people have heard, uh, have seen this for me. Kenny Urlacher is the only one, only safety in the class that is an early enrollee. So he's at Notre Dame already working out with the team, winter workouts, all that good stuff. He'll be in there in the spring. I just have my questions about Kennedy, man. Like I, I for a guy that is talented, NFL bloodlines, multi-year starter for Chandler and a pretty physical kid just didn't make a ton of plays, man. Like at some point you got to produce, right? At some point you got to make plays. I mean, does he just, does he not have the natural instincts? Is he a little bit tight? Like, I don't know exactly what it was, but he did not take a senior year jump. Like I was hoping, right? He did not take a senior year jump. Like I was hoping for Chandler. So I hope that I'm wrong because ultimately what do I want as a Notre Dame fan? I want Notre Dame to win national championships, baby. I want to win every game. That's that's ultimately what I want. 
But I have to be honest with myself about some question marks that I have and safety long term or short term. I have questions about you had to go get Rod Hurd in the, in the portal. You had to, you had to get him for at least depth. Hopefully Adon Schuler takes a nice step. Hopefully Ben Minnick takes a nice step and hopefully Xavier Watts is, is what he was last year. or Maybe even a little bit better. If, if that happens, I think 2024 safety will be good, but it's still a question mark until it's not a question mark anymore. So that question mark has made 2025 all more important, man. Chris O'Leary and the staff needs to show that they could bring in some big safeties into this class. And so far, they surely have. Right now, you're sitting today with Ivan Taylor out of the state of Florida, Ike Taylor's son, former Pittsburgh Steeler great, and Ethan Long out of the state of Connecticut, out of Brunswick School in Wallingford, I believe, is where the Brunswick School is. And that is a tremendous two-man class to start things out, man. That's great. Ivan Taylor is rated as a top 35 player by multiple platforms in the 2025 class. Big-time player. Ethan Long is a player that Michigan wanted, Ohio State wanted, some big-time programs wanted, and is also rated by a four-star by at least two different platforms. That's a really good – and if Notre Dame ended with a two-man safety class of those, I would I, I would give a nice clap. I would give a nice clap to – to Chris O'Leary and the staff, because that is one of the better two-man classes I think Notre Dame has gotten in, in several years. That is a really good start. Now, and we'll talk about this in the next section, can they close on one more big-time player to not make this a really good safety class, not to even make this a great safety class, to make this an elite one? Because there's a player that's on the board that Notre Dame is pushing for, folks, that if Notre Dame gets him in the 2025 class to go along with Ivan Taylor and Ethan Long, then, buddy... We're talking about elites. We're talking about a safety class that I don't care what it end, uh, others end up with. I wouldn't trade it. Wouldn't trade it. Would not trade it for anything. For any other class, I should say. So we'll see if they're able to, to solidify that big-time safety class in 2025. I think they have a very good chance of doing it, but obviously need to continue it. Speaking of continuing, one more thing that I want to talk about real quick, and then we'll get into the question marks of the class and the things that are remaining to be seen for Notre Dame. Then we'll get into the hot board. Cornerback momentum. Mike Mickens in Mike Mickens. We trust my friends in Mike Mickens. We trust. And why do we trust him? Cause he's a great developer. He has turned some good talent into great talent, some great talent into elite talents. He is into elite players. I should say he has done a tremendous job at Notre Dame as a coach. He has also found some players that have ended up exceeding expectations a little bit. I mean, we're talking about recruiting ranking perspective, you know, turning Benjamin Morris into what he is, turning Cam Hart into what he was for Notre Dame, getting Christian Gray, getting Micah Bell, who figures to play a lot in the nickel this year, and then to get the two-man class of Leonard Moore and, and Carson Hobbs, I think was extremely overrated in the 2024 class. Man. Mike Mickens is, is that guy. Like, he's just that guy. And 2025 is off to a good start. They got Cree Thomas out of Arizona, who I think out of Brophy Prep, same high school as Benjamin Morrison, of course, I think is a really good, versatile player, man. He can play safety. He can play outside corner. I think he can even play nickel if he felt like it. You got off to a great start. But the thing that gets you excited is that there's still some Guys on the board. What did I say, Brandon? Did I say not say underrated? I, th I think that Cree Thomas is very underrated, if, if I misspoke. My apologies. But you have a couple dudes on the board. A couple dudes. 
And we'll talk a little bit more about them. But the name's Mark Zachary. I'm sure if you've watched this channel for some time, you know that name. You also know Dallas Golden. You also know Devin Williams. There are some guys on the 2025 board that Mike Mickens and the staff have put themselves in a very good spot with. And I have no reason to believe that Mike Mickens won't at least get one, maybe get two. Who knows? Maybe a Bush for all three. I don't know, man. We'll see what the numbers look like ultimately. And that's one part of the, the, that's one part of the CJ May conversation that I forgot to mention folks, by the way, is that with one less in the defensive line number, potentially Notre Dame is definitely as of now going to push for four wide receivers in the 2025 class. They are going to push for all three corners that are still on the board, potentially, if it makes sense. They're still going to have room for Jadon Blair to try to make that. The numbers are dictated by some of these moves, right? But cornerback, we'll talk more about the three names on the board, but Mike Mickens is has the potential to make the 2025 class the best haul that he has had so far at Notre Dame and maybe the best haul they've had in 10, 15 plus years. I mean, it's it's that good, man. It is that good. But we'll see if he can close it out. I, I have confidence that Mike Mickens can, but we have to see it, obviously, in the end in order to feel great about it. Now, the question marks, and we'll talk about the question marks and we'll get into the next section because this is where we're going to end. Interior defensive line is a little bit of a question mark for me. I've talked about this in the beginning of this show. Maybe Joseph Reed can end up being that interior player to go along Davion Dixon. I have my doubts. But that is a question mark until it's not anymore. Does Notre Dame push for another interior defensive lineman long term? You know, can you make a make can you make room for Javion Campbell, who just was on campus out of Kentucky? Can can you make that work? I don't know. Can are you even are do you even want to make that work? Are you just those two guys are your two guys, and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna move along and see how the, how the bodies develop. I I, I don't know a hundred percent the answer to that, guys. That's the point of numbers can change very very quickly. But interior defensive line for me is a little bit of a question mark. The other part of the question mark, and we'll talk more about this in the next section, linebacker recruiting is a question mark in the simple fact Notre Dame is in a good spot with several linebackers in the class. But what is that class going to look like? You know, you have Josiah Kia already committed. Are you going to be able to push to four linebackers? Are you going to stay with three? There's a lot of big names on the board that Notre Dame has put themselves in some pretty pretty solid position. I mean, good position, I would say, with multiple linebackers in the 2025 class. But are you in a good enough position to close on two to three of those guys? That's another question until it's not. There's a reality where you end up with not just a really good linebacker class, but you end up with a great one. That is a possibility that is for sure on the table. But Notre Dame has to close on a couple of these guys. They have to. They have to. Because there's a lot of great names. It's a lot of good momentum. But are you able to close the deal? That is the remaining question marks. Folks, we're going to get into 2025 defensive hot board next. Before we do, don't go anywhere. Hit that like button for me. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Hit that notification bell at the bottom of the screen. If you're listening on any and all of your favorite podcast platforms, make sure, please, hit a five-star review. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast over there boards.irishbreakdown.com for all the latest team and recruiting intel and we'll be back here in just a second on the Notre Dame recruiting hour here on the Irish Breakdown podcast <laughs> 